The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Riddlewire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. I'm Clay Link, here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. James is going to be looking at your organizational ranks that you have up on the site. I uh, also want to talk a little bit about just some of the prospects that we've seen, this kind of last wave, maybe not the last wave, maybe some guys in September who are still notable uh, yet to get the call, but uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Uh, I was pretty bummed out last night to see that you uh finally passed me in the rotowire stake league and i'm sure that's a uh passed me for good type of situation so that's that's kind of a bummer that's money out of my pocket but uh other than that i'm doing okay oh that's not true though because you already we already flip-flopped again today so well i don't think either of us are catching aaron quinn though no because just 20 points up on the pack Crushing it. Although I did see last week, you got Gavin Lux in that league for two. I thought that was a good stash. Stash and season still alive. I couldn't help myself, man. I I couldn't uh, couldn't quit the stash. I dropped Joe Adele for him. So, couple viable stashes, I guess. I mean, to me, Lux obviously with just team context, I would be extremely disappointed in the Dodgers if they kept him down for the rest of the season when they're this competitive and they can easily incorporate him into their best lineup with him playing second base. Uh, whereas with the angels, you know, I mean, it, it's not an obvious situation to call him up They're They're pretty much out of the playoff picture and they have three uh, everyday outfielders already. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was surprised that he only went for two, just given the tear he's been on um, nothing concrete, you know, they're certainly not facing any, pressure for the division but i would think they'd want to get him acclimated for at least like six weeks or so before the the playoffs begin yeah i mean five weeks he could be a key piece for them in the postseason Mm -hmm. and this team obviously has fallen short 
the past few years and they've had a good enough team to win it the past few years, I think it would just be uh, pretty indefensible to not bring him up kind of given that track record, given where they're at as a team. I mean, you want to have your 25 best guys that you possibly can have. And maybe there's a possibility that if you bring him up, it, it turns out he's maybe not one of your 25 best guys, but you got to at least see, I mean, hmm. he, he could easily just hit the ground running and become uh, one of their more promising players. So I, I think it's a situation where I hope they're just kind of, you know, doing due diligence. There's maybe a thing or two there they want them to work at, maybe get more acclimated at second base at triple a. But if they don't bring them up this year, I think that's a, a really, really bad look for that front office. Yeah. Especially given they've fallen short past few years of the world series win and they didn't do much at all at the deadline. I remember talking to you a few weeks back and saying, you know, I think the pirates were smart to ask for Lux, but you said you'd probably just hang up the phone. That's essentially what the Dodgers did. And I think you have to go internally when you, uh, do not bring in pieces at the deadline. So we saw them bring up uh, Dustin May, who's getting another start today. Not a lot of swing and miss in his debut. I think his swing strike rate was like 6.2%, but stuff looked pretty good. How optimistic are you about May over the rest of the season? He's a really good pitching prospect. He's not an elite fantasy pitching prospect because he's not going to miss that that sort of elite threshold of bats. Uh, that's just never really been part of his game. That's not how he attacks guys. Uh, he's a big-time ground ball guy. He's got that uh, fastball-cutter combo working where, I mean, I think it was over 90% of his pitches were either fastballs or cutters in that debut. And, uh, I mean, just on that team playing in the NL, I think he's probably got a spot the rest of the way. I think Hyunjin Ryu comes back, but I think Ross Stripling maybe comes back into the bullpen, or at least that's what I would hope would happen. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Dustin May, a pretty easy add in all formats, even without uh, that, that super high strikeout upside. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in his subsequent starts, but looked pretty good. And probably just above the line, you know, where you – the 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 kind of guys that you're streaming in most leagues, he's above that kind of – uh, line where you don't feel great about him, where you feel a little bit more optimistic about May than you do a lot of the the mid and lower tier starters around baseball. Um, now for your Brewers, James Trent Grisham getting the call. I saw he let off a couple games, and I haven't really seen it with my own two eyes. But our colleague Kevin O'Brien was saying he's looked really good. What have your thoughts been on Trent Grisham? Yeah, he looks awesome, uh, and it's a really nice opportunity for him right now. Um, Lorenzo Cain suffered what looked like a pretty rough knee injury. You know, he he injured that uh, left knee uh, in the previous game, stayed in the game, and then fouled the ball directly off that kneecap and and left the game yesterday. He's out of the lineup today. Christian Yelich sitting for the second day in a row. Uh, I think that Craig Council said they were maybe managing a back issue with him. But, you know, even if it's just Cain who's banged up, I think that the whole idea is they they think he really profiles well atop that order. Just I mean, Kane had not been doing what you know a, a team with playoff aspirations wants out of their lead fitter this year. I think he was getting on base like a, a three twenty five clip, something like that. Uh, so definitely not the player he was for them last year. And short of putting Gasmani Grandal in the leadoff spot, I mean that they don't really have another obvious option up there. So I think. Uh, they they want to give Grisham a little bit of a leash here to see if he can establish himself as the leadoff guy on Daisy's in the lineup. And when they're at full strength, maybe he's a four starts a week type of guy. Uh, they definitely want to continue to give Ryan Braun rest days, you know, two or three of those a week. Um, and Kane, I think they're, they're going to kind of try to rest him a little bit uh, down the stretch here. But yeah, I mean, Grisham looks really good. He's, he's, better in obp formats than average formats uh, he's just always been a, a high walk guy uh, but he's got you know 20 plus homer pop he's the type of guy that would steal double digit bases over a full season so i think there's a lot to like there with grisham nice and now back to may real quick just because i didn't realize this game was already underway but he's through four and six k's no earned runs three hits so it's good to see those k's ticking up for may uh, this uh, he's against going against the Cardinals. I was trying to find that game to to put on in the office. Apparently, it's on YouTube. Oh, what? That's whack. But uh, this Cardinals team, them doing nothing at the deadline, I think is kind of the most egregious of any of the contenders. 
standing pat because, man, talk about just a, a division there for the taking and not, not being aggressive. Well, we'll get to them uh, when we're talking about this these farm system rankings, but they uh, they have a really bad farm system, so that, that was probably part of that. That's true. Do you think they bring up Randy or Rosarena, by the way? Because I was looking at what he's done. Not a ton of, like, juice, a little bit of category juice, but hitting the ball well. I mean, sure, they could bring him up, but... Not it, like a top-flight no, prospect at all. and it's not a... Um, it's not like they have just these clear openings for for playing time in that outfield. I guess maybe now with with O'Neill on the shelf, uh, there might be a spot for him. But um, yeah, just can't bump Dexter Fowler though. <laughs> no, <bump>. hey, um, <laughs> batting two forty two atop that order. Yeah, I don't. I don't really. The Cardinals have been doing weird stuff all year. Um, yeah, they they could they could bring up a Razorin. I mean, at the very least, I would think he'd be up in September, but. I uh, can't imagine that they would just give him an everyday job, given where they're at in, in the hunt, especially if they can get O'Neill back in a week or so. Yeah, well, a guy who is a little bit more highly regarded and is already up in the majors, Asan Diaz, that was a really cool moment when he homered, uh, his father being interviewed when that happened. He just went crazy. That was really cool. Uh, a bright spot for the Marlins, who need one. But uh, what do you think about Diaz and how he'll get you know his feet under him at the big league level? You know, I think you should temper expectations. I think he's the type of guy who could probably be drafted as a middle infielder in 15-team leagues next year. But uh, I wouldn't expect him to just be hitting for average right away. I think that there's there's definitely power there. I think he'll get to that with no problem, especially with the, the big league uh, ball. But he this was the first year that he really hit for a high average is since like rookie ball i mean he's he's been a guy that a lot of when you watch him hit he seems like the type of guy that could have a plus hit tool but it's just never really borne out in the numbers so i wouldn't be expecting him to be more than just kind of a a power with you know minimal counting stats on that type of team but next year i think he'll be a a 15 team mixed league you know back of the draft type of option well before we move on you know we're talking baseball throughout the rest of the season and into the off season, but it's August, which means that it is football season. And Yahoo Fantasy has introduced a new fantasy football game called Best Ball that lets you get in on the action now. With Best Ball, you draft your fantasy football team, and that's it. You don't need to do a thing once you've drafted your team. Each week, the top-scoring players at each position on your roster will automatically count toward your weekly score. Forget about the time commitment, no waiver wire, no trades, no adding or dropping players, no having to make those tough start or sit decisions. Focus on the best part of fantasy football, the draft. Tired of doing mock drafts for your fantasy team and having other players drop out early and not finish the draft? Free best ball leagues give you the most accurate ADP or average draft position of players before the season starts. Can't get enough fantasy football but don't want to manage those teams all season? You can draft up to 50 best ball teams. Play for free or for cash, but most importantly, get to drafting with Yahoo Fantasy Best Ball. Join a league today at yahoo.com slash best ball. Well, James, you mentioned that I did temporarily leap you in the stake league. Part of the reason, actually a fairly sizable reason that I had had a nice little run recently because I picked up Aristides Aquino on a $0 bid, plugged him right into the lineup. He's been great, man. I think, I think he went over four the first night I had him in there, but he's homered multiple times since. He looks good. A lot of the... A lot of what I've heard that has changed with him is the stance, and he's had a really unique open stance, a ton of power, uh, batting cleanup for them yesterday. We'll see how the playing time works out because they got a lot of moving parts in the outfield after even after shift, uh, shipping some guys out, uh, Yasiel Puig in particular. But I, I think he could end up being a guy who plays every day, and the, the power seems very real. Yeah, the power is real. I. I am not going to say that anything other than the power is real with him just yet, and I know it's been a really nice first seventeen plate appearances, but um, you know he he. Uh, I hear that sarcasm. I mean, he's yeah. I'm I'm really uh, impressed with what he's done over the past couple of years because when I saw him uh, a couple of years ago and he was at Double A, I mean, he was just a disaster at the plate. Like it was kind of sad like how easy uh 
I think it was Mike Soroka that was facing him that day. I mean, he was just, he had no chance at all. Like, he was very easily exploitable. Um, and, like, the strikeouts and the walks have sort of borne that out over the years, uh, especially, you know, 2016, 2017. I mean, he, he kind of burst on the scene as a guy that was pretty interesting in Dynasty Leagues back in, like, 2014 because of the power and the speed. Uh, the speed mostly has disappeared at this point, so it's still you know big time power, especially with the juice ball at AAA. Uh, he was able to get to that big time power pretty consistently as a 25 year old. But yeah, I mean, I I would be trying to cash him out if I could in a dynasty league. I, I applaud you for even having him on your roster to the point that you could deploy him this week. Uh, it's not something that I would have done, but. Um, yeah, that's that's found money right of, there. I had to get rid of Yasmani Tomas. I mean, that was just a must. I actually I told Todd last Friday after Fab ran, I had nine bids, zero dollar bids, and he was my ninth priority at Kino. So I guess it worked out this time. Although there were a lot of pretty good players who went. That was and, a loaded Fab period. Yeah, really the, the right after the trade deadline. Yeah, uh, there were multiple closers available. There were. You know, Dustin May was available. Uh, Aaron Sanchez available. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I couldn't get Matt Dice. You know, I got Gavin Lux. Gavin Lux was like my seventh or eighth priority. So, yeah, yeah it was a weird week, but it was a lot of talent out there. Joe Jimenez. I was surprised he wasn't. On I, I thought he was the. I I can't believe that I didn't roster him before last week. I'm it so was mad at so stupid. But I I was surprised he wasn't the top guy uh, because just how clear it was that he was their closer. I think Archie Bradley was out there, yeah, too. Archie yeah, Archie was out there. He went for six. Uh, Travis Demerit also going for two. He's getting an opportunity now with the Tigers after the trade. Any reason to be optimistic about Demerit? I like Demerit more than Aquino. Um, how dare you? Quite a, quite a bit more, actually. So, um, so I stole a bag. I'm actually think. starting Demerit in the uh, Champs League. This week. Oh, nice. Uh, partly because they had the four games with the doubleheader. But, oh, right, um, yeah. Pretty good year for him at Gwinnett before the trade. Yeah, um, I mean, he, he was – we talked about him two weeks ago yeah. as just sort of an obvious guy to get moved because he just was never going to crack that outfield. And uh, the Tigers, I mean, you couldn't pick a better landing spot because it's extremely easy to crack that outfield. And I think he'll get to play pretty much every day uh, the rest of the season and he probably gets to play every day for a good chunk of next season as well yeah 50 extra base hits for demerit uh, at triple a Gwinnett before the trade 399 plate appearances it's good for a 558 slug obviously the juice ball but that's the international league not the pcl so uh, a little bit of speed too he's already got a, two steals in six games with detroit so yeah he's a he's a decent deep league ad as well James, before we get into the actual rankings here, the org rankings, do you want to explain the the formula you use to rank these organizations? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, with a top four hundred prospect rankings, I mean that's kind of all the info you need to produce pretty good farm system rankings. I mean, you're going four hundred deep. Obviously, there are guys outside of the top four hundred that you would consider, but you know, you'd consider them in, in very kind of minuscule ways when you're putting these together. So uh, a few years ago, I just decided to kind of come up with a formula to uh, rank the farm system rankings without their real, I mean, obviously there is um, my opinion in the top 400 rankings, but it's not like I'm just eyeballing my like teams team rankings or my my set of prospects per team and being like oh, okay I, I like this one more than this one it's it's just completely what the numbers say and formulaic yeah and this year i you know i kind of broke uh the rankings into tiers like to me wander franco is just so much more valuable than the next best prospect i assigned 25 points to the number one prospect spot I felt like Joe Adele, Bo Bichette, Gavin Lux were in their own tier, and I signed 15 points to the two through four spots. And then on down the list, five through 17, 12 points, 18 through 30, 10 points, 31 through 54, eight points, and kind of on down the rankings. So by the time you get to like 201 through 300, that's only two points, 301 through 400, that's only one point. So you're obviously weighing the guys at the top, uh, much more highly and you know even even in some of the shallower systems 
just having a handful of guys in the top 100 is going to do pretty well for you. So I, I thought that the final product kind of passed the, the smell test again and I uh, was pretty happy with the, the way this one turned out. Yeah, Wander Franco correctly weighed, I'd say, here in this formula, uh, getting a lot of love. But, yeah, he's he's impressive. But Padres kicking things off, and they have had Fernando Tatis Jr., Chris Paddock both graduate, right? Paddock's graduated, yep, yep. I believe. Still number one, though, the Padres. So um, I know you weren't the biggest Taylor Trammell guy either. So uh, what is it that about the Padres? Like, who, who are the top-ranked guys on your list? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest – Tramel guy just relative to what other people think of him but he's still uh, my 60th ranked prospect and that that's going to carry some weight I think uh, two big things that help the Padres here is uh, Luis Urias is still prospect eligible that's going to change very shortly I think he's if he's not graduated uh, when you're listening to this he will in in a few days Uh, so him being like a top 20 guy that helps them uh, two big, uh, another big thing to go to go with the addition of Trammell, uh is C.J. Abrams just nailing that pick. I mean, all of a sudden you add in another guy who's a, a top twenty-five prospect uh, to kind of make up for those graduations. And obviously, they still have Mackenzie Gore, who I think is going to provide re, uh, redraft value next year. Uh, Xavier Edwards having a good year. Luis Patino having a good year. Andres Munoz is still prospect eligible. Uh, they've got, you know, Edward Oliveris has been a riser for them. I mean, they they still go 12 deep that are inside my top 200, and they have 22 guys in the top uh, 400 overall. So, I mean, it's it's still a very deep system. They still draft uh, pretty well. They, they're extremely active on the international market. So um, they, they have that talent at the top, and they're, they're kind of always going to have that depth under A.J. Preller. Yeah, that's pretty impressive what they're doing. Going to be a fun team to watch for many years to come. I really want to get that Tatis and Machado like NBA Jam jersey, like, kind <laughs> of like the NBA Jam art uh, character select team select screen. I'm going to have to probably cop one of those shirts. But um, the Rays are second up on the list, and obviously we talked about how Wander Franco carrying a lot of weight here, and they have you know Nate Lowe, Brendan McKay. But behind those big three, how do the, the Rays look long term? Uh, they've got as much depth as the Padres, and they actually would have finished first if they hadn't traded away uh, Jesus Sanchez. Um, I mean, it was that close b- between the one and two spot, and it's the second year in a row where those two teams have finished one and two, respectively. Uh, but they just have so much depth. Uh, top 100 top 150 depth you know you go Vidal Brujan Matthew Libertor Greg Jones Shane Bass Shane McClanahan Brent Honeywell I mean that's you know a really nice run of of arms uh, specifically and then there's uh, 17 guys in the top 400 so you know having Wander Franco at in the system alone pretty much gets you into the top five unless you're a complete joke of a, a franchise and they, they still have plenty of quality depth after him. Well, before we move on, a quick word from our friends over at Prize Picks. Tired of the grind trying to win on other DFS sites, spending so much time trying to set the perfect lineup only to fall short of winning big? Well, our friends at Prize Picks have created the most simple and fast daily fantasy game. All you have to do is choose over or under correctly on a player's fantasy point projections to win. No competing against thousands of pros while trying to meet a salary cap. With Prize Picks, it's just you versus the projections. PrizePix has new boards of selections up every day, covering players from Major League Baseball, the NBA, PGA, NHL, UFC, NFL, NCAA football, and more. They are also the first DFS site to allow you to make cross-sport entries, so you can go under on Joey Votto while taking Tiger on the over. PrizePix really is daily fantasy simplified. Visit rotowire.com slash prizepix to sign up now, or use promo code WIRE when you download the PrizePix app. This next one kind of surprised me a little bit. The Indians checking in at third. They were 13th last year. Uh, what, what is it? Who are the guys who have been the big risers that have bumped the, the org up this high in the ranks? I think I said you know last year that they were trending towards being a you know, potentially a number one system at this time this year. Um, you know, the fact that, you know, I would have expected Luis Arias to have graduated by now. Uh, so, I mean, that, they definitely could have been the number one system, had a couple different things broken differently. Um, they just have 
a crazy, crazy amount of teenage talent in the lower levels, like all of their AZL and Dominican Summer League and uh, short season New York Penn League rosters are just absolutely stacked. A lot of that talent's moved to, to low A at this point, but um, you know George Valera is the top guy. He's a uh, top fifteen prospect. Tyler Freeman, Nolan Jones are both top fifty prospects, and then they've got thirteen total top two hundred prospects. So it's it's a lot of depth. Some of it's high risk depth. You know, guys like Will Benson or even Bobby Bradley, Ethan Hankins, guys like that. Where um, you know if everything clicks, they're they're really impressive player but it's it's possible they don't click but they have enough of that high ceiling high risk depth where uh they're going to rate well on a system or on a system rankings like this and and so much of their talent is so young that i i still think they're probably my pick to to finish first here uh, a year from now because i mean other than you know maybe daniel johnson and bobby bradley graduate next year but logan allen probably graduates next year but other than that i mean they might have everyone on this list plus whoever they sign and draft next year. And if they trade Lindor at some point, good God, the haul from that could be insane. Look, I give this ownership group some grief because they they are cheap, uh, but the the actual people, the, the baseball decision makers, done really well. I thought, you know, I think the trade of Bauer could could end up biting them because the pitching depth will be tested. But getting a guy like Reyes and and the other pieces they got, Logan Allen, who you mentioned. That's pretty good for a guy who's going to be making $21 million for just one additional year under control. Right, and they've got – they still have a ton of pitching, you know. I mean, yeah. it's not like they're just – the cupboard's bare there now. Um, you know, they go into – you know, the Corey Kluber comes back, maybe Cookie Carrasco comes back, and then they've got those two young studs and Bieber and Clevenger. Um, I mean, they're, they're going to be fine there. Uh, I thought getting Framiel Reyes – to an American League team that really could use his bat. I thought that that was a, a great addition for them. I mean, he helps them probably more than he would have helped any other team in baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big boost to the middle of that order, although he's batting a little lower than I expecting, but I think sixth or seventh. But uh, Next up, the Diamondbacks, and what a big leap for them, 23rd last year to fourth. You're kind of over the moon with Christian Robinson. Is that right? That is right. And, uh, he, you know, he's not even really – the reason for this climb because he, I mean, I've been high on him for, for a long time. They just have nailed their recent drafts and they obviously they made uh, that big trade, the Zach Granke trade at the deadline. They've had a lot of draft capital. They had the biggest bonus pool in this last draft class. They've uh, done really well on the international market, 2016, 2017. Uh, specifically, they did really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you go. Alec Thomas and Corbin Carroll in back-to-back drafts. Um, you know they, they've Geraldo Perdomo, Wildred Will, uh, Patino, Yelver uh, Puguero, Luis Frias to go with Christian Robinson on the international side. They just they're they're getting talent from trades, drafts, international signings. Uh, they have 22 guys ranked in the top 400, so it's a it's a really deep system as well. And they've got another handful of guys that I think are borderline top 400 guys. So this is another system that could be. Uh, you know, higher, even higher than this a year from now. Yeah, I saw a president of the company, Peter Shanky, tweeting at you, thanking you for, you know, being aggressive on Christian Robinson and ending up with him as a result of your ranking. I want to thank you as well. Got him in one Dynasty League. Oh, nice. Serious XM Dynasty League, so that's pretty nice. Um, yeah, Diamondbacks, definitely interesting. Some of these names, too. I mean, they, may, they might have the best names of any team in farm system in baseball. But what do you think of the Zach Gallon trade? Because Jazz Chisholm's been on a absolute tear since he joined that uh, Marlins organization. But do you think they, the Diamondbacks did well for themselves? I thought it was a trade that made a ton of sense for both sides. You know, I think the Marlins are so far away from contending, you know, at least three or four years away, I would say, that just getting a shortstop into your system that has, you know, superstar upside – that's the type of risk you take when you're a team that needs that type of high-end talent. I mean, they, they have guys with that potential, you know, Monty Harrison, obviously, uh, Sixo Sanchez. They have guys with that really high ceiling, but they didn't have a ton of them. So getting another one, I think, may, made a ton of sense. And then, like, when you have a pitcher like Zach Gallen, even as good as he is, 
and you're as far away as they were from contending, I thought it made sense to cash him out. And then similarly with the, the Diamondbacks, I don't think they wanted to ever bottom out. They want to stay competitive. They want to stay relevant and kind of, you know, I think their rebuild could kind of look a little like uh, sort of the Brewers mini rebuild where it's like you, you bottoming out is like winning 78 games, 75 games. And then uh, they might be able to contend for a playoff spot next year with guys like Zach Allen and Luke Weaver, who they've traded for. So I think it, it made sense for both sides. I see. I remember you talking a little bit about that with Ian Kahn last week. Great show, by the way. I really enjoyed that. Um, you guys were too kind to me, but um, that, was, that was a good show. I just think, I guess I just have it in my head where Jazz was coming into the year. I know you said they kind of were back-to-back on your rankings at the time of the trade, but uh, Jazz's stock had dropped a little bit, right? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you don't get to get Jazz Chisholm if you're any other team unless he sort of has the struggles he had this year. And still, I mean, if this is bad Jazz Chisholm, it's not that bad. I mean, he's still hitting for a ton yeah. of power. Um, you know, still taking his walks to some extent. So I, I think they bought low on Jazz. Uh, but I mean, I think they gave up a really good pitcher in in Zach Allen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, the the Diamondbacks have a ton of shortstop depth in the lower levels of that system too. And um, you know, I just think it was a a trade that made sense for both sides. Obviously, like you said no way anyone would have ever believed that that trade would have happened if you'd asked anyone on April 1st. Mm -hmm. But Zach Allen, I think it's more about just how much better Zach Allen is today than he was perceived to be then, than Mm -hmm. about Jess Chisholm really falling that far. Yeah, very interesting trade. Dodgers check in next at number five, up from 12 last year. And kind of like the Rays, we know about their tip-top guys, the Gavin Luxes, Dustin May, Will Smith has been great since coming up. Uh, what, What about the the players behind those three in, on the org rankings. Well, they, you know, the two guys uh, at the guys at three and four on my list, Jeter Downs and uh, Josiah Gray, used to be Reds. They're in that Puig deal. So um, this is another team where I mean, they draft when they draft a guy. Like I wasn't that big of a Cody Hosey fan going into the draft, and then as soon as the Dodgers took him, I was like, oh man, I guess. Might have been wrong about that one, and then he, he gets off to a great start. And, you know, even with guys like Gavin Lux, nobody was crazy high on Gavin Lux in that draft. And, you know, they're picking in the, the late 20s, mid-20s in all these drafts, and they're developing um, impact prospects. I mean, it's it's really impressive. Uh, they're great at getting guys in, like, the fifth, sixth, seventh round and turning them into legitimate prospects. They're obviously very active internationally. Um you know, Kybert Ruiz is sixth in the system now. Uh, you know, DJ Peters has had kind of a renaissance since moving up to AAA. He's a, back to being a, a top uh, 200 guy. They signed my third favorite prospect in this year's J2 class in Luis Rodriguez. Uh, they've got a decent amount of pop-up guys further down the list. So, you know, another really deep system. And it's just uh, – it's kind of frustrating that they're this good at, at developing and acquiring talent. Yeah, take it easy, Dodgers. Let us let the rest of the teams catch up a little bit. The Twins checking in, though, at six. Uh, pretty much around, around where they were last year, seven. Um, I was a little surprised they didn't trade off some of their pieces at the deadline, some of the prospects. Uh, but they still have a pretty good system here. Anybody who's going to help him or help them in the near future? Well, I think there's uh, there's been rumors that Bruce Dark Gratterall is going to come up and join that bullpen i think that definitely makes some sense i'm pretty concerned about his ability to hold up under starters workload uh you know he's had back and shoulder issues uh for a couple years now and he's a bigger guy he's got kind of a, a violent delivery I think it's more likely than not that he ends up in the bullpen, but he could be a, a lights-out reliever. So I think he's a piece that can help them uh, in short order. Uh, Brent Rooker is a big power bat who strikes out a ton. Uh, is pretty old for, for his level, but uh, he's a guy who's going to be up, if not in September, then uh, at some point next year. Luis Thorpe is, is still prospect eligible, and um, – Devin Smelter still prospect eligible. They've they've helped the team a little bit this year, so they you know they've got 
talent at, at every level of the system. I think this is just one of the more sustainably good organizations in baseball right now because I think it's going to be, you know, you have the White Sox and the Tigers trying to get better, but with the Indians and twin systems the way they are and the big league talent the way it is, I think that that's going to be a dogfight for uh, years to come. Yeah, going to be tough to come up in that division in the next five years or so. Like the the Royals, I haven't seen them on this list. <laughs> uh, could be a, a dark they're, age. They're a ways away. The Royals are a ways away. Uh, the Can't ti- trade with, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a dark period for, for Royals fans. But, hey, you got that World Series you made, too. So not much to complain about. The Blue Jays, of course, graduating. Vladdy Jr., Kevin Biggio. Bichette still registering. Uh, as a prospect, so he he bumps them up, but they still uh, a top say twelve system without if you don't count Bichette. Um, well, let's see. Uh, probably not. No, they if you took Bichette away from the Blue Jays, they would rank. Uh, they would rank nineteenth. Mm. So, so that's a. <laughs> One player, but that's how it should be when yeah. you have a when you have a guy that good. I mean, there's what only, a start he's he's yeah. had so far. Um, so yeah, I mean that they're going to fall off for sure. Even after Bichette, though, uh, you know, especially on the arm side, like if you just look at Nate Pearson, Alec Manoa, Eric Pardino, uh, Simeon Woods Richardson. I mean, those four guys have very very high ceilings. Uh, even Adam Klofenstein. Um, really high ceilings, number two starter ceilings on all those guys. Even if just one of those guys hits, that's that's a win. Anthony K, more of like a number four, number five type. Um, but then they've got or Elvis Martinez and Jordan Groshans who could eventually develop into top ten prospects. So I mean, it's there's there's upside even after Bichette, but there's just very little certainty after him. Now for the Marlins, you talked about Jazz joining the organization. By the way, I was in you know West Palm Beach, saw Jupiter. Play and JJ Bleday really didn't look good. I'm trying to not, you know, have that factor into my my thinking much. One game, <laughs> but I was just kind of meh on JJ Bleday. But uh, other guys, Sixto Sanchez, Braxton Garrett, Edward Cabrera, uh, things are looking up for Marlins fans. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of risk with their top guys. Um, you know, their top guy coming into the year for me was Victor Victor Mesa. He's now 13th in that system. Uh, but their top four guys are position players, uh, Blade, Harrison, Jesus Sanchez, Chisholm. Then they've got a really nice foursome of pitching prospects in Sixo Sanchez, Braxton Garrett, Edward Cabrera, Trevor Rogers. I mean, that's... that's yeah, a Rogers pop-up guy, right? Looking pretty good. I mean, he he was a first round pick, so oh, okay. um, not not pop up in that sense. But yeah. he's he's really improved his stock this year. I think he added a, a cutter, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's uh, come along. So yeah, they're in they're in decent shape. I mean, th- there's some teams where I would say the rebuild is you know will to be determined how it's going. I think the Marlins are firmly in like it's it's on the right track. Good for them. I mean, they need something because good grief. At least, you know, the pitching's been really good, too. So uh, I thought they'd be worse than they are this year, certainly. Uh, but, yeah, long-term, the future's looking pretty bright. Now, the Giants could be higher on this list if they were sellers, but Farhan Zaidi uh, stood pat for the most part. Did ship off, like, some of the lesser pieces. But uh, Marco Luciano, kind of the gem of the system. How how are the guys behind him looking long-term? I love this system uh, because it's – very very position player heavy and i think that that's um that's how i would if if you're kind of going from as bad as their system was where they were you know bottom three system in baseball not that long ago um you really need to just load it up with with talented position players um you know i I have faith in this uh, front office's ability to develop pitching and go acquire pitching at the right time but I mean, this is, I think I even compared that them to kind of, um, actually, maybe I compared a different team to it, but like, remember those like Cubs farm systems, you know, before they became World Series contenders, where it was just a bunch of just really high end position player prospects. I think that that's probably how this system's going to look a year from now, where you could have, uh, you know, top three pl- uh, prospect in the game and Luciano 
And then Helio Ramos, Hunter Bishop, Joey Bart, Jairo Pameris, uh, Luis Toribio, Alexander Canario, Luis Matos, all position players, all, I think, in like the top 175 or so. And they're all young. They're all guys who haven't been around that long. Uh, Joey Bart's uh, by far the oldest of that that crew of guys, and he was just drafted last year. So um, they're in really, really good shape on the position player side. Um, Sean Higeli. Uh, is a big like six eight righty he's their top pitching prospect right now um so there's a ways to go there but i mean it's it's kind of wild that they are sort of borderline contenders for a wild card spot right now uh, i think that they probably bottom out even further uh next year i would guess when they don't have Bumgarner presumably um and and maybe not even smith so uh, this is just kind of a weird year where they weren't expecting to contend but kind of had to sort of hold pat just given how well they were doing. But they could add some some, some more talent in the coming years, and this is a system that like two years from now could be the, the number one system in the game. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I have faith in Farhan Zaidi getting, getting that team where it needs to be in a few years. And, yeah, you know, I think the case can be made that they should have sold off some of those pieces, but you could have just like killed your locker room and, torn that clubhouse apart you were as the team was surging you sell off i know they've cooled off significantly since i mean i think it's just an issue of how much of a buyer's market the trade deadlines turned into yeah and is it worth all those things you just said to get like one fringe fringe top 100 prospect you know i mean look at what the um Blue Jays got for Strowman, and he came with an extra year of control, yeah. and he's a better pitcher than Bumgarner. So yeah, it was a weird market this year. Yeah. It seemed like, and yeah, not a lot of teams really not willing to part with their their top guys. The Athletics checking in at number eleven. Actually, we skipped the Tigers running out the top ten. Anything to add about the the Tigers? Uh, it's just very heavy on arms. Uh, obviously, the big two at the top and Manning and Mize. Um, I laid out my thoughts on Tariq Skubal in a Reddit AMA I did earlier today, so I uh, check that out. Riley Green has been off to a great start uh, since they drafted him, uh, and he's just kind of the only position player where there's impact and you can kind of buy in on the, the floor as well. That That's the area where they really need to improve in the coming years It's just young position players. Yeah, all the things we just mentioned about the market, I'm still shocked they didn't trade Matthew Boyd. I mean, I mean, did you insane. And I saw the yeah, yeah, I saw the article. I think that's what you were probably going to reference. Um, they've blown some trades in the past, and then I think their asking price was just so absurd that teams didn't really entertain them further. Yeah, it's. I get how frustrating it must be when you have a young. Um, I mean, it's not like Boyd's not under team control. I mean, he's under team control, I think, for at least three more years, maybe. Um, so uh, it's got to be frustrating if you're the Tigers front office and you can't turn him into like a Kyle Tucker level prospect. I know that that you you must feel like, hey, man, we've got this lefty who's a top twenty starter in baseball, um, and he's under team control for three or four more years. Like, you got to give us something better than the the offers they were probably getting, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I assume they're going to revisit trying to deal him this off season. It just seems like kind of an inevitability and it's, it's a tough time to be a seller. I mean, it, it really is. Um, so it's, I, it's easy to make fun of Alvila. I've, I've done it. Uh, but I also understand how frustrating it must be to get an offer where you're just like, we don't even know if any of these guys are going to turn into like roll six players on a yeah. contending team. Now the the A's who I mentioned they could be higher if they'd taken anybody aside from Kyler Murray in 2018. But you stand by that the reasoning anyway behind that draft pick. Yeah, because there was not a like there was not a single person in the world except for maybe Kyler Murray who thought that he was going to develop into a first round pick, let alone the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. So I think that that's a risk that a lot of teams would take. Um, you know, I mean, he could have turned into a a stud for them. So it's just going back and looking at everything that everyone said when they drafted him. Nobody was saying, "Ooh, I don't know, he's probably going to 
go pro in football. Um, everyone knew he liked football more than baseball, but there wasn't anyone, even like NFL draft people that thought he was a first round talent. So I, I think that the process there was fine. They just got really kind of unlucky by how good he ended up being as quarterback uh, last year. Real quick note before we move on, fantasydraft.com would like to bring you an important message about Rake. You tired of paying high fees to play Daily Fantasy? Did you know that over time these fees called Rake can cost Daily Fantasy players over 30% of their bankroll? As Daily Fantasy sites continue to raise Rake, prize pools are being squeezed more and more, making it harder and harder for players like you to win. More Rake just means more money lining the pockets of big DFS sites and less money for players. But change has arrived. Fantasy Draft has changed the game by bringing you rake-free Daily Fantasy. That's right. You're now able to play your favorite contest without paying any rake whatsoever. On Fantasy Draft, 100% of entry fees will be paid out to contest winners 100% of the time. Playing your favorite contests rake-free on Fantasy Draft will save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars in rake every month. Rake-free Daily Fantasy is truly a game-changer. Just imagine what Playing on Fantasy Draft is going to do for your bankroll. Register at FantasyDraft.com today to take part in the rake-free revolution. Use promo code RWNFL to receive a free seven-day trial. Next up, James, you got the White Sox. Um, if you follow, follow Bennett Carroll, uh, uh, XM Fantasy producer, or any White Sox fan, you'll probably... You know, get a pessimistic view of the organization, but uh, you still like generally where they, what they've done, and how things are looking for them. I mean, kind of like it. They, <laughs> I don't like. Could be high. I don't like a decent amount of stuff they've done, but they. This is the most top-heavy system in the game, and I know that they they might rate higher on other rankings where it's just you're looking at like a top 100 list and kind of going from there. I mean, they they're gonna have. Uh, five guys in everyone's top 100 so that's something that a lot of teams can't say they're going to have uh maybe upwards of five guys in some people's top 50 uh so it's it's an extremely top heavy system but i think you could argue that like prospects like 10 through 20 10 through 30 they might be the worst in baseball like there's just nothing that i like outside of the top eight or nine guys in that system. And it's, uh, so once, you know, once Luis Robert, Andrew Vaughn, Nick Madrigal, uh, Michael Kopech, Dylan Cease, once those guys graduate, this system could go from top 15 to the worst system in the game in a big hurry. (laughs) So I put words in your mouth. Sorry about that. But yeah, that's still ranking reasonably high, but yeah, if those guns, those guys are officially graduating, a lot of them already up at the big league level, like Cease, uh, what do you think about Cease so far? He's been improving, right? He's been getting a little better. Navigating. Well, yeah, game. I mean, I, he was good against the Tigers yesterday. Okay, um, that's what it was. <laughs> that's what it was. I mean, it, it's you know he'll he'll throw pitches where it's just like wow, that's a, that's a really good pitch, and you'd like to see more of that, and you'd think that it's going to translate to more success, but um, you know, I, I think it's been fairly underwhelming just in terms of uh consistency and command uh which not necessarily all that surprising but um you know if we're just talking like for 2020 redraft leagues i assume he'll be going in the top 300 you know maybe even like top 250 i don't think i'll end up with him anywhere just because i think a lot of the time when it when it's a guy like you know, Cease command has been the thing with him ever since he came into pro ball. It's the reason why the Cubs were willing to include him in that, that deal for Jose Quintana. And with guys like that, they, they, they can figure it out, but it's usually like a two- or three-year run before they actually figure it out. And so he's the type of guy where it's he can have a good start, I think, against even some of the best teams when he's really on next year, but he can also just have a terrible start against some of the worst teams, which is extremely frustrating when you're trying to decide whether to sit him or start him. And it's a headache that I just don't plan on signing up for unless he's going uh, late enough to kind of justify uh, the risk there. Another team that should perhaps be a little bit further along in the rebuild, the Mariners, Although they have risen quite a bit from where they were last year, 28th to 13th. Jake Fraley added in the organization, same with Jared Kalenic. Um, well, what do you think about 
other position players in this organization being impact guys at the big league level? Uh, well, Julio Rodriguez is definitely going to be an impact guy. Um, Evan White, Noel V. Marte, kind of opposites. Marte is a 17-year-old in the DSL with really impressive tools. White's like a 23-year-old first baseman at AA. Uh, you know, White will be there every day first baseman, I think, at some point next year. Uh, Jake Fraley will be there every day center fielder at some point next year. Uh, but it'll be another down year for them overall i mean the, they'll they'll probably add justin dunn to the rotation they might even add logan gilbert to the rotation at some point but they don't have a ton of impact uh that's ready to go yet and they won more games i think than they were expecting early in the season like uh, more than anyone was expecting and that kind of um i haven't checked the standings uh let's see where they're at well it probably won't impact them that poorly in terms of draft slotting because uh, they're at 409 winning percentage that should should be good for a top five pick but um yeah i mean i think that this is a team that sort of planned on bottom bottoming out this year probably bottoming out again next year and then i think in a, in a couple of years i think they could be ready to go nice yeah i just know like d gordon got hurt at a bad time didn't seem like they got much for like edwin not that they probably ever were but uh, just doesn't seem like a ton of impact guys coming in. Kalenic may be an exception. Um, Fraley as well. Now the Yankees fallen a little bit from last year, but still quite a bit to like in that system. Amazing the the depth that the, they've had to tap into and they've been able to withstand all the injuries they've had so far. But is there that next wave coming or is most of the guys bumping them up in this ranking really at the lower levels right now? Uh, it's more of the latter. You know, I think – you know, Davey Garcia is going to be in the big leagues for most of next year. And I think Clark Schmidt could debut in the big leagues, you know, maybe in July of next year. Uh, but other than that, it is just all guys that are several years away. And that means that they could finish quite a bit higher on these rankings next year if a lot of those guys click. I mean, like Jason Dominguez, he could be a top five prospect in baseball this time next year. Um, so, I mean, but he's already in my top 20, so it's not like he can climb that much higher. And uh, they, they just have a lot of lottery tickets in the lower levels, guys that are going to get ranked in a top 400 for Dynasty Leagues because of upside. Uh, you know, even if a, a quarter of those guys click between now and next year, I think that that's still a decent outcome for them. Very nice. Now, the Angels, we know about uh, the, the top dog, Joe Adele. They've also graduated Luis Renjifo, Griffin Canning. Ugh, I hate to see Mike Trout kind of toil away out there, but um, in a few years they're going to have the pieces to maybe make a legitimate run. I mean, it's just about pitching with them, right? Like it, you know we we know Adele's going to be good. Um, they've just got such a you know Shohei Otani after him. I don't really know where what you can get all that excited about on the pitching side for them. So that's. That's an issue. I mean, they, they might have to address that outside of the organization where they maybe try to sign a guy this offseason. I think that that's something they really got to look at because... Just I, don't sign Matt Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, grief. Every, it seems like not just Harvey. I mean, everybody who had flashed some promise, I guess maybe canning aside, just nothing this year. Yeah, I mean, Andrew Heaney hurt again uh, for most of the year. Um, obviously the tragic passing of Tyler Skaggs. Um, it's just this, it seems like for years, like three or four years, everything that can go wrong with Angels pitching has gone wrong with Garrett Richards, Shohei Otani needing TJ. I mean, just all kinds of bad breaks for them on the pitching Korea, side. Yeah, yeah, just nobody doing much of anything. So, yeah, I, I think they should really be looking to either trade for pitching or uh, sign some pitching, even if it's, expensive pitching i mean i know Artie moreno's been burned probably more than any other owner on the the free agent market with his his gut calls to sign uh over the hill hitters but you're not going to get mike trout to uh the playoffs let alone deep into the playoffs without uh, some big time pitching additions in the coming years for this team now a couple of teams that have tumbled down the rankings next up the braves down from fifth last year then the astros to sixth Kind of differing reasons, the Astros trading and then the Braves just graduating, right? 
Yeah, exactly. And there's nothing wrong with, I mean, these are two of the healthiest organizations in baseball from a talent standpoint. So them being in the middle of the pack on these rankings is, is completely fine. The Astros are really just like a, just comical at this point. What they did in, in Aaron Sanchez's very first start, just, I mean, the, that really is kind of the new frontier, the new money ball, just player development. It's almost like they, it's almost like they targeted, like, who's the pitcher with the worst ERA that we think we can turn into a good pitcher in, like, <laughs> yeah. the span of a week? <laughs> yeah. And think about what, I mean, I've seen some people point this out, like, what that'll do for their appeal to, to free agents. Right. You know? I mean, not that they didn't already have a lot of appeal, but... Just thinking, maybe they could turn my career around like that and uh, benefit for more than the time I'm just there. So, right. I mean, crazy. look, look at. Uh, I mean, it's still kind of stupid that Charlie Morton couldn't do better than he did on the free agent market. Yeah, but true. I mean, think of where he was before he went to Houston. Uh, you know, barely even a big league starter before he went there. And uh, yeah, I, I. They are as good at that as anyone. They also you know, in a lot of people's eyes had as about as poor of a draft let this, this year as, as anyone, cause they, they weren't really sending scouts to any games, but, uh, you know, you can't, can't really question it too much when it's working this well at the big league level. And they still just have an excess of talent at every, uh, position really. I mean, the, even with trading guys like Corbin Martin and JB Bukowskis, They've got another wave of pitching coming, and they don't really need any pitching at the big leagues right now, so they're fine there. They still have Kyle Tucker uh, just with nowhere to play. Um, you know, it's they, just an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. Man. To get Garrett Cole in this draft, uh, this trade deadline, Zach Granke, and not have to give up Kyle Tucker, pretty amazing. Well, the the Granke thing, just it it that's the type of move that I think should – piss off every fan of every contending team who wasn't on his no trade list mm -hmm. because almost every team in baseball had the prospects to top that offer i mean mm -hmm. like maybe no i mean i honestly almost every team i mean the cubs could have topped that offer if they include their top guys so i mean th there's not a team that couldn't have topped that offer as long as their ownership was willing to do what Astros ownership was willing to do in that deal. And I mean, that's just an, imp a, an incredibly impactful piece that you wouldn't have had to give up a top 50 prospect to go get. Yeah. And the Dimebacks are eating some of that money, right? So he's like, a like third of it, yeah. yeah. So man, a blow market contract for two years for one of the best pitchers in the game. Well, well done. And then now I think one to two uh, favorites. <laughs> that's, you fears. can't bet that. I, I mean, mean, no, but that's, it's, it's I, mean, I don't think I've ever seen that, though. Yeah, like, no, I know. In insane. baseball, for any team to be better than, like, 3-1 to one is crazy. Yeah. Now, things aren't as bright for the Orioles as they are for, say, the Marlins, but um, they're at least up a little bit from last year, adding Adley Rutschman. What else do you like in this system besides, like, DL Hall? Well, we're to the point in the list where just having one top 20 prospect is probably going to get you up pretty high, and that's that's kind of what Adley does for this system. Uh, but yeah, D.L. Hall and Grayson Rodriguez on the pitching side, extremely exciting duo of young arms. A lot can go wrong between now and then those guys reach the big leagues, but uh, at the very least you can get excited about those guys. And then they've got three outfielders in Austin Hayes, Yusniel Diaz, and Ryan Mountcastle who should, I think all three of those guys probably spend most of next year in the majors. Uh, hopefully they can work something out with Chris Davis, because Trey Mancini really needs to be their everyday first baseman, and uh, they work something out. <laughs> hey, what's it? What's it going to? What's it going to cost, Chris? Yeah, um, let's let's accommodate you, Chris. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the, this team is just forever away, and they know that. Like they, ownership knows that. You look around that division. You know, the Yankees are never going to not be good. Uh, the Red Sox obviously are just absolutely loaded at the big league level. The Rays, when you factor in their farm system, they're going to be really good for a really long time. Uh, the Blue Jays, just they have more young talent than the Orioles do, so they're behind them as well. So, I mean, th this team really needs to take a very, very long view on things. And I think that the front office has done enough good things since taking over, especially even on the player development side. You can see it in the development of some of their – 
uh, sort of more fringier pitching prospects really taking a step forward this year. So uh, it's it's a system that's going to continue to get better, but they're just you know five six years away from being a relevant big league roster. No, one team that seemed to escape criticism a little bit from the at the deadline, which at least what I saw, the Rangers they had pieces to move, but aside from what Chris Martin. They didn't really do much, and now 19th here, up from 25th. Uh, do you think they should have done more to kind of add young talent to this organization? I kind of think of them as sort of the American League version of the Giants without the uh, concerns about like public perception. Like I think every Rangers fan would have loved for them to tear everything down, but I think the Rangers front office was probably just fielding offers on Mike Miner and Lance Lynn and – just decided like we don't like any of the guys we're getting offered we're getting offered prospects the other team doesn't really want anymore you know we're opening a new stadium next year yeah Yeah. so it's just it's it's tough to say hey you need to sell everyone no matter what you're getting back uh i mean i we've cited the jd martinez trade before but like i mean they got like nothing back in that trade basically um the the tigers did and is that worth it? I mean, maybe it, it, maybe just on the off chance that one of those guys turns into something, you you have to do it. But um, you know, I, I get it. Just because it's it's just not it's not like your fantasy baseball leagues where when you have a piece that everyone wants, you're going to be able to get something you like back. Uh, teams just are refusing to trade the young prospects they like unless they're getting just an incredibly impactful piece, and maybe those guys just didn't cross that threshold. Yeah, in hindsight, the Tigers probably would have been better off giving him the qualifying offer and getting that draft pick. Right. Yeah, yeah. A lot, probably a lot better off. Now, James, we're pushing up on an hour already, so I don't think we're going to be able to get through all these teams. Check out the full article for yourself, com slash pod, for a free 10-day trial if you don't have a subscription. My red's down at 28th. That really hurts. But uh, anything else you want to just mention? Run through these quickly. Yeah, well, I just wanted to – like two things I felt were really interesting is like the NL Central – the Cubs are at 30th, the Reds are at 28th, the Brewers are at 27th, Cardinals are at 26th, and the Pirates are far and away the best system in that division. They're at 20th. So, like, the NL Central, there's just, you know, some really, the really... AL Central in a few years. <laughs> there's some really bad systems there. But that's just sort of because the division, it sort of seems wide open, like, every year. And, and it's going to probably feel that way for the next few years as well. So these teams are just doing everything they can on the margins to get better. Uh, I mean, the Brewers and the Reds specifically get kind of dinged because they just graduated Nick Senzel and Kesson Hira. And obviously the Reds have been sellers, so um, or have been buyers, so uh, that, that impacts things. But then also the NL West is kind of the exact opposite, where the Rockies are the only system – they're down at 29th, second to last. They're the only system in the NL West that does not have a top 10 farm system. So uh, the Rockies, I don't think it's going to be a good next like five or six years for them. Not that it's yeah. been a good most recent five or yeah, six years. Really but. Hasn't, but yeah, that's, that's not good. But great stuff as always, James. We appreciate it. Uh, again, roadwire.com slash pod for a free 10-day trial to check this uh, Farm Futures article out for yourself. Going to wrap things up on the show today with our latest uh, entries into the our favorite uh, commercial hip-hop jams that we still bump today. I got a good one this week, James, um, from my boys, the Dungeon Family, Trans DF Express. Nice. Remember that song? Oh, yeah. Um, remember that one from Rap City a lot. Really good video. And that was my first exposure to a little artist by the name of Backbone. Um, <laughs> who the F changed you, the face you, of the game? Why didn't you have... Uh, Five Deuce Four Trey be the well. That's the thing. I was thinking about that. Honestly, I, had to, I felt like still, I had to choose. <laughs> I had to choose between one of these. But Mister Fat Face, Backbone, who the f changed the face of the game and bought it back? Five Deuce Four Trey, the Alliance of Elite MCs. Attention, salute, at ease. Great song. And I was listening to the to the video, watching the video. Uh, still bumps, and I, that was also my first exposure to CeeLo, I think. Interesting. And uh, he has a really unique verse. So if you haven't heard that one, check out Trans DF Express. Yeah, that's a good entry. Uh, mine is uh, Miss Fat Booty by Most Def. Oh, great one. Um, 
you know, he's definitely not a commercial rapper, but this is a song that just got commercial play because of how good it was and how, I mean, how could you not like that song? Wasn't there a Ghostface like feature remix at some point? Oh, probably. Um, That was the case. That's a great song. I kind of like how sort of pure it is with just him on it, but um, yeah, I mean, most stuff had, um, you know, a handful of really good records uh, back in the day. So that was Miss Fat Booty Two featuring Ghostface off Lyricist Lounge Two. Those Lyricist Lounge albums are still great. Yeah, Uh, Black Star, um, Talib, and Most. Really good one. Good entry, and thanks to our buddy Andrew Redding for keeping that playlist updated. Uh, maybe one of our best playlists so far. Yeah, Something I'm kind of, I'm almost sort of one. picking songs that I think will make this a really bumpable playlist. Like I want to be able to throw this playlist on at like a barbecue, um, you know, at the end of the year or something like that. Yeah, a lot better than our last. Playlist, <laughs> for sure. That one, I don't know when you'd throw that one on, but uh, <laughs> just as a gag, maybe clean out, party. clear out your apartment after a party. Like, yeah, get and you got to get everybody out. <laughs> That's a good, good playlist to throw on. Well, thanks again, James, and thank you all for listening to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.